0: My friends, this is not a day for silly intros and pop culture references. This is a time for truth. Apparently, I can't help myself. Thanks for stopping by. This is Right All Week. I am Dave. Like, sub, share. You know the drill unless you were born yesterday. And apparently... Media and government tyrannical individuals in the elite ruling class all believe that we actually were born yesterday. I want to talk about what is probably the most important subject that is not being discussed enough right now in the media. If you have watched a number of my videos before, you know, I do try to focus on things that are not widely covered, not just by regular legacy media, but also by conservative media. Not a lot of people talk about the same things. I don't want to be one of those guys who talks about the same thing that everybody else is talking about. I don't want to jump on talking points for the benefit of clicks. I am hoping to disseminate essential information. I hope that this subject, however, is all over the place because this is critical. We now have a new study published this week about hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, its ability to help with those who have had, who have been affected, infected with COVID-19. This is something that was early in the COVID timeline, which is the thing that got me started in the first place. I've kind of cut my teeth on this topic because it came out around the time I was preparing to do a podcast. So I started the podcast early. I started addressing these subjects. I got myself way more informed on things like virology, immunology, immunology, seasonal uh, virology and stuff like that. I didn't think that this was a subject matter I would ever take any interest in, but it seemed like I had to. Hydroxychloroquine was like the huge subject last summer. Even though we'd already talked about it in March, in fact, President Trump tweeted out in March, this looks like a good treatment. It was right in the early, first week, week one of 15 days to flatten the curve. He tweeted this. I wrote a blog about this. Where did this idea come from? It's not like Trump knows anything about medicine, right? He was reciting. He's just doing what everybody else does. I get info from this source. I share it with you. And then in this case, because he's orange mad bad, we have to reflexively reject anything that he said and somebody who was a viral uh, he was an expert. This guy, I might be saying his name wrong. Please forgive me. Didier Renault, I think that's the best pronunciation I can do. I'm a uh, sorry, American. I don't do well with other languages. So he was the guy who initially, this person who was revered as an expert in his field of immunology, for he had a Nobel Prize, I'm pretty sure. I wrote about this. I can't remember everything I had talked about because, again, a year of information fighting for freedom, right? And this guy, he's been unpersoned pretty much by the scientific community because. Trump quoted him. Didier Renault says this is this is a treatment. How did he know? Because this wasn't his first time dealing with viruses. It's not his first time dealing with a coronavirus, not his first time dealing with a SARS virus. This guy's what you would call an expert. But we didn't trust this expert because Trump quoted him, and so we went in the opposite direction. Now, at the time, FDA did approve off label use of hydroxychloroquine, which makes sense when you consider the fact that it's been around for longer than most of us have been alive. Just to, to highlight that, it's one of the significant points we have to remember. Where did it come from? It was not a new drug. It was not an experimental drug. It's not what you would call a dangerous drug. How do we know? Because it was already approved close to seven decades ago. That means when HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, was approved by the FDA for use, just about anybody who was currently alive now, who was alive then, would have been a child in school at the time that it was approved. But here we are, 70-ish years later, we know better. This thing that has been considered safe, to use as a medicine well nope they can't do it now they removed about a year ago this week they removed that emergency use, and we're saying, oh, well, we need to test more. We need to confirm more. What's also interesting, though, last year, this same month, the trials for remdesivir, if I'm saying that one properly, again, I know as an American who doesn't know anything, right? Just your average guy recovering from a brain injury. How could I possibly be expected to say things and properly uh, pronounce their names? Remdesivir was, had this huge study. Gilead, I think, is the company who was who we're working with, but guess where this study who were the overseers of this study? N-I-A-I-D. Who do we know? That works there. Oh, I think that would be Worm Tongue Fauci who was there. And that was we started to hear all about Remdesivir last year. We can't do HCQ. We're going to unperson any doctor who comes out and says, "Look at this, prophylaxis actually helps." And there were studies that were all over the internet, and then they were all being debunked somehow, some way or another. Fact checked by your totally unpartisan, uh, non-biased, neutral fact checkers, right? Yes. Yeah. So, they were all, all of a sudden, trust the experts who work at YouTube, who work at Facebook, who work at PolitiFact, and all of these other fact checking companies. Don't trust somebody like me, who maybe put the time into research. Just trust the guy who says, don't think about it, just take their word for it. Trust that guy, and there are unpersoning doctors who, oh, well, they didn't have a randomized uh, group. Well, they had like a whole office worth of patients, which was probably larger than your typical random sample group, but that didn't count. So we just removed all these. Then we had a Lancet study. Turns out that's also been debunked and that made it in my blog as well. The Lancet study that said, oh no, look how dangerous it is, these side effects. Interesting because, you know, FDA approved it for other uses way back then. How all the come all of a sudden this drug is, it's suddenly dangerous, but then that got debunked. But it was too late. The damage had been done. We're taking the off-label use of hydroxychloroquine. That permission has been removed. And now it's all about remdesivir what are the significant differences between the two? Well, now we know because a study that came out this week that I'm sharing with you today that says actually uh, not only did they find in the early days a 60% improvement in the recovery rate of individuals who were using hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin together in the early days. It turns out actually for those who had gone significantly, we're talking about uh, progressed Mm -hmm. conditions, and they find themselves on ventilators which was a huge, oh, we have way too many of those, but that's a subject for another day. But those who did find themselves in that advanced case on ventilators. We're using these things. Well, now the study comes out and says this up to 200% uh, improvement in the lethality, the, the dropping of those who are actually dying as a cause of it. Because we were being told way back then, hey, if you got that far, it's pretty much a death sentence. And ventilators were all the rage. We needed them so bad. but And don't use hydroxychloroquine. Use remdesivir. When it comes out later, coming out in in October is when it became available. If you were to check the numbers on these, another critical difference between the two is availability is one, uh, the numbers that they actually produce, uh, the difference in how well effective it is, we'll call it that, the effectiveness, that's number two. Number three, the cost. Are you aware of the cost differential between these two? If you look at remdesivir, which that Gilead study I referenced, the difference in effectiveness, it's about 40% improvement uh, compared to the placebo on the other side of the trial of Forty percent difference in those who were dying. So, okay, cool. We we like the idea of saving lives. Forty percent lives saved, better than zero lives saved. But compare that to the hydroxychloroquine study that just came out and says two hundred percent. How many of you know the difference between 40 and 200? That's a pretty significant, statistically significant figure, five times the amount. The effectiveness is huge. The cost is also huge, because if you were to go in America, because we pay for everything here, just like we are with the vaccines right now. Americans tax dollars are funding hundreds of millions of vaccines around the world, because it's all about the vaccines. More on that in a second. But because we here in America, we have to fund everything because that's your job. You got to pay your fair share, Mr. American. Uh, three thousand something dollars over $3,000 that you will pay through your insurer. Medicaid people, Medicare, those who are on, you know, the government funded versions, it's still over $2,000. So you're looking at 25 to $3,100 that's going to the cost for Remdesivir, which is a 5-day dose. Now let's compare that. Do you know how cheap hydroxychloroquine is? Did you know that you could pay for less than a dollar per pill? If you were to go pers- fill this prescription today, you'd probably pay between 20 and 50 bucks for the bottle, for the whole bottle, that's 60, do- 60 pills. Maybe there's two pills a dose, maybe it's six pills a day, I don't know. But I can tell you, uh, six, 50 bucks for a bottle, that is way better than $3,000 for a five-day dose of remdesivir. And oh, by the way, the one that's less than a dollar a pill is five times more effective than the one that you have to get through your insurer for thousands of dollars. Which one are you going to choose? Now we have to ask the question, why are they doing it? What is the whole point? Because they didn't stop. We had another one that came up, ivermectin, which, oh, we can't do that again. Pretty much use the same strategy. Ivermectin might as well have been HCQ number two. It was the whole story. Don't do that vaccines are the only answer. Turns out, ivermectin actually has because in India, you're only hearing bad news about India from legacy media, but actually, they've pretty much turned it, their whole country into their own sample group because they have multiple uh, jurisdictions over there, different leaders, different places doing different things. I'm sure you've heard about the leaders over there who have restricted the use of this pill, but have you heard of the this, this therapeutic, the people who have approved? Yes, you are allowed to use this. What are the rates comparatively? The rates comparatively, well, the places that didn't allow it, they had bigger, longer, more, num- the numbers were greater for suffering and death and the longer time frame. Their curve was significantly more. The places that said, yes, you can use ivermectin, their numbers were significantly less. Like, a di- again, we're looking at a difference of about 98%. Would you say that's statistically significant? Now, if you were to go by the leftist rules today and say you're not allowed to take herd immunity into consideration, well, then ivermectin is a freaking miracle drug. But, now, all of a sudden, maybe maybe somebody needs to be honest in this campaign. Let's say somebody's going to be honest. We're going to be honest and say herd immunity has a, is playing a role over there. But even with that, obviously, it makes a difference if you allow certain therapeutics. But we shut down therapeutics from the beginning. How do I know? Because Fauci emails tell me so. And this is something, the Fauci emails came out and everybody's like, oh, look at gain of function, look at the origin, look at the masks. How many people are looking at the message that specifically says, I'm not going to read the email about HCQ because it is too long. Never mind, the guy sent it twice, twice the same guy sent him the same study, the same report, same everything. And two times, I'm not looking, Fauci's like, I can't take the time to read that. I'll take the time to read this other student's entire thesis that he presented at his school because... He interviewed me for his thesis. So I like that guy. But you're this guy over here, Mr. Physician, who sends me a piece on HCQ. I can't take the time to read that. So that's what Fauci says. But he also says in another email, and again, and 3,000 emails. It's hard to find all these. I'm sorry I can't. If, if I fail to share an image... I will try, but if it's not here, if it's, if you don't see it around me, I'm sorry, I couldn't find it. But he specifically said we're not going to focus on the therapeutics. We're not going to look for other treatments. It's all about vaccines. We got to get a vaccine out there in the market. Why is it so important? Let's take it another step further. Looking at today, where are we now? Well, well, here we are, trying to find a way to make the Cleveland Clinic look like they're bad guys. They're trying to tell you, even if you've had the disease, you still need to go to get a vaccine. Everybody has to be vaccinated. It doesn't matter. We're not asking people to prove immunity. We're not asking people to. Antibodies. The only passport they want you to have is a vaccine passport. It doesn't matter that you got sick. You and you've already killed it, and you've already got your own immunity. You need to go get the vaccine immunity. And here we go. We got a study out of Israel that did one, and the Cleveland Clinic just published their studies, and they said it doesn't make a difference. Not much, actually. It's the, the tiniest difference in favor of natural immunity. If you got the disease, and the likeliness of you being reinfected, depending on which way they study it, because some people are looking into this this doctor I saw, oh, he's probably going to get unpersoned to this doctor, did an interview and said, hey, if we look at the bone marrow, it looks like you might actually have lifelong immunity. Is a vaccine going to do better than that? I don't think so. But the actual numbers that they published were like 94 to 96% reinfection prevention for that you're not going to get this illness again for vaccines. And it was 96 to 98 in favor of those who are natural so hey 94 to 96 percent that is that is high praise for a very effective vaccine that that purpose is definitely being met it is doing its job in that regard but it's still not doing it better Than natural immunity, you can't make that argument. You can't tell somebody who's already had it that they still need to get the vaccine because their numbers are at least as good, if not better. So you can't make that point, but that is exactly what they're doing. They're trying to do everything that they can. You have to get the vaccine. The vaccine was the only thing, the only acceptable treatment, and they cleared the decks beforehand. No hydroxychloroquine therapeutics, no ivermectin therapeutics. It's all about but back then remdesivir for $3,000 a dose and now all about the vaccine which yeah it maybe doesn't cost you personally anything when you go when you get it but I guarantee you you're paying for it because you're an American taxpayer and our tax dollars are being used to fund the whole campaign and the people over at Big Pharma billionaires are being made on the, on the daily and then we're pumping this thing all around the world telling everybody they have to get it whether they've been sick or not. Again Tying it back to my message from last year, it is all about control, but I'm going to suggest there's something much more nefarious at, at, at the underlying here, the goal. There has to be something. Why do we want this much control? Why do we want everybody to get vaccinated? I don't have the answer to that, but there's something inside me a check in my spirit, a suspicion in my mind. My emotions are even getting engaged. Everything about me says that there's an unrevealed agenda that we do not yet know. And that is the reason why they want everybody, literally everyone on the planet to get this vaccine, regardless of their immunity status in the meantime the cost that we have paid to get here if you count down the costs the number of businesses that are gone forever the number of personal family significant events that have been erased the opportunities have come and gone and you're never going to have that again weddings funerals uh proms we're talking about once in a lifetime experiences that were erased for over a year, and all those are gone. But worse than that would be the jobs, the money that we have just created, the inflation and the disappearing of businesses, and the system, the situation we have right now with unemployment. We have created so many troubles in the name of this thing. But even that's not the worst of it. The worst of it is the intentional removal of the opportunity, the smear campaign, the lie campaign, the trying to make it so that these therapeutics, HCQ with, with azithromycin and ivermectin and saying, don't do these things because the main goal was to get rid of Trump, to establish a different system of power and rulers in our society. And they were willing to let people die. Don't doubt for a moment, people died. We removed a drug with the ther- as a therapeutic that had a 200% increase. It's 200% a good number. It was 40% a good number. 40 is not as even close to 20. But here's the other thing. Again, the availability. When March 21st was when Trump tweeted that, that drug was available that day week one of the 15 days of flatten the curve. People could have been going and getting this prescription, treating themselves immediately. Remdesivir wasn't available until October, but even after it kicks in, it's still only 20% as effective as HCQ. People died because these people lied and they were okay with that because of their personal agendas. They wanted money, they wanted control, and people dying as a consequence to get that, they were okay with it. This is evil at its worst. The complete devaluation of human life and the most blatant display that I have seen in a long time. This is up there with uh, what we call abortion. This child sacrifice, infanticide, the murdering of innocent, defenseless humans. And we did it on a massive scale to people who just happen to have been born already. They have no disregard for life. And it's all about them. They want control. They want power. They want the money. And they want you under their thumb. And it is evil evil. And that's why I came out with this video today, this message today to make sure that we highlight it. There needs to be consequences. There needs to be accountability. I said that message last year when we found out about the nursing homes and the number of people who died because again, every strategy has been wrong. How many times do they have to get it wrong before we switch from saying they're stupid to calling them evil? I'm made the switch. I am no longer looking and saying, oh, wow, what things can I explain as just being, uh, you know, ignorance instead of maleficence. No, I am on the other side of this at this point. I have completely, totally switched. You have to call evil out. You have to say this is right and this is wrong. This is wrong. The right thing to do all along would have been to get more information, to shield the vulnerable, to protect the vulnerable, and to allow the healthy to do everything that they normally do so that their livelihoods would be preserved, but then so that also as a whole, the culture and our economies and our nations would be stronger. We didn't do any of that. We did the opposite of all of it. And now I'm calling out it's time to hold the people who were responsible to actually. Hold them responsible. Make them accountable. It's time for consequences. Please share this message. We need to do what we can so that people can understand. We're not going to actually do anything about it if people aren't even aware of it. And I'm pretty sure right now, the smear campaign, all of the panic peddling, the fear mongering that they did last year, and now we've switched to gaslighting. We're no longer uh, peddling panic. Now we're peddling fake Origins and and fake improvements like what we're doing right now is this fake success There's still a bunch of lies But the primary point is the same to shield those who have intentionally done this to us so that they can maintain Their agenda we need to address it the truth has to get out there. It is a time for truth They've been feeding us piss and telling us it's tea for a year and a half and it's time for it to end It's time for truth If you finish this podcast, thank you very much. I really do appreciate you. I think, again, this is probably one of the most important that I've made so far. I hope that you will share it with your friends. I hope that you'll come back for more future content, which hopefully will not be so dark. Again, this is Right All Week, and my name is Dave, and this is where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters.